0: And I'm glad you're there. we still got folks coming in, and as uh, so they're coming in, they're getting settled. We're going to be doing things a little bit differently today. I don't normally get up after the first song, but we got a lot of ground to cover today. We're going to talk about something that uh, I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and we're going to enjoy it. And you know what? To, to help with that conversation today, we're going to have a kind of a powwow of the minds. And so we've got some great ones here. We've got Pastor Ben in the house. we got Pastor Bob, and we've got Wellsprings of Freedom International in the house as well. Would you welcome them real quick on that? Amen. We'll invite them up here in just a minute, but I kind of want to set the ground for our conversation today as we get started. And uh, we wanted to have a little bit more time uh, today, so just bear with us as we kind of break from our normal way of doing things and dive into a conversation about six years ago a little over six years now when i got here uh, right away there was a class that the the church had and i think it was called christian yoga or something like that i can't remember what it was called at that point but but right away there was a couple of people that wanted to let me know that they did not think that this class was very appropriate and uh and so you know they they kind of said hey you know what church shouldn't have yoga in it things like that and and so being new, I decided, okay, I'm going to go talk to the ministry leader on this, the person running the class. And I, and I met with her, you know, and I asked some pretty frank questions, hey, at any time in this class, are you talking about Eastern mysticism and, and just things, uh, Asian religion, things like that? And the answer was no. And I'm like, are you quoting from the great yogi? Is there quotes from Buddha in this thing? Uh, no, you know, are you trying to find your inner self and listen to voices down deep as you go into a trance? No, uh, what is this class? Well, we stretch and we breathe, uh, you know? <laughs> You know, And we throw on some Christian music and we pray every now and then. I'm like, well, that sounds awful. Uh, how dare you do that in a church? But, you know, the question is, then why do you call it yoga? And the quick answer was because people know what it means. You know, that's all it was. And they said, well, we call it yoga because people know it's a stretching and breathing class. But at no part of that time did we in any way engage what might be considered the religion of it. This is a tension that's built into the church. That's a tension I want to talk about a little bit today because the church is full of these tensions. In my journey, and it's not just the church. In your life, you've got a set of tensions you have to deal with as well. I often talk about pendulums, and if you're familiar with a pendulum, you know how it is. A ball goes up this far one direction, then it goes this far another direction. Eventually, it meets equilibrium where it's an equal tension. And what we know in life, the reason I say life is often like a pendulum, is I realize on many issues that we deal with out there, people are on one side or the other. You notice that? We live in a very polarized culture today, and people tend to be on one side of the ball going up this direction, or the other side of the ball going this direction, and for wise people, oftentimes, as you know, we have to try to find, where am I in between? Are we on the two extremes, or is there an answer somewhere in extreme? It's not always right in the middle. Sometimes there's a lean a certain direction, or a lean another direction, and it takes wisdom, and it takes counsel, and prayer, to navigate those things. And you say, well, what are some examples on those? I'll tell you one as a pastor I deal with consistently. It's the question of do we step out in faith or do we count the cost? You know what I mean? Which is it? Am I stepping out in faith and trusting God on this decision, or am I going to count the cost on this decision? That, that's one we navigate often. Jesus gave us one, too, and he's talking to the woman of the well, and he said, you will worship me in spirit and in truth. And we have to ask questions, you know, sometimes what creeps into the church is, well, well, which is it? Do I worship him in spirit? Do I worship him in truth? And Jesus would say, in this case, it's both and. Why? Because if we only worship in spirit, there can be a tendency to lean towards heresy if you don't have a dose of truth in that conversation. And if you lean only towards truth, it can kind of be cold and become a Pharisee in that. You become just all about the intellectual journey at that point. And so you have to have spirit and truth. We navigate things like that in life all the time. I mean, which is it? When Ben is snarky, do you smack him or ignore him? I mean, which is it in that case? You know, tension you have to deal with in life. And if you think on it, you know there's tensions as well that you have to deal with. So today I want to deal with one of those tensions because most of us know tonight in Des Moines, what's unique about the Des Moines area and most areas is that it's a beggar's night and uh, it's Halloween. Tomorrow's officially Halloween, but for most kids, they go out this evening to do that. And I wanted to take a step and realize that there is a tension built into the Christian church as well. How do we engage this holiday? Do we just ignore it, shut off our lights, lock our doors and hunker down and pretend like it's not there? Or on the other side, do we decide to entertain goblins, demons, witches and warlocks and just go all in with it? Where is the line in Christian thinking where do we start? Where do we stop? How do we engage this? Because it doesn't just end there. I mean, you know as well as I do. Starting Tuesday, we begin ignoring Thanksgiving completely and head straight into Christmas, don't we? At that point, it's like poor Thanksgiving. You know, these days it's gotten drowned out by the Christmas noise. But you know what? Even Christmas has got its fair share of tensions as well. Uh, what do we do with Santa Claus and his reindeers? You know what I mean? If you're, uh, if you know a little bit about church history over the last 2000 years did the church adopt some of the pagan holidays and traditions into the liturgy of what they do how about christmas trees should we even be putting up christmas trees what do they represent so you can see there's this tension out there built into the christian church i call it sometimes the divide between the sacred and the secular where's the line and what we're doing. And so what I'm gonna do today is I'm gonna bring up some folks and we're gonna have a panel discussion as we've done in the past. But before I do that, just some ground rules and some understanding before we get started. Number one, I'm not bringing up four people who I believe agree with each other on every single thing, nor would I want to. Every single person here has different ideas. They would say in that pendulum, maybe the ball's in a different place for each of them. And I'm looking forward to hearing from them on where they think the line is and how we're to engage this and i'm looking just forward to a broad view of understanding on this holiday the second thing i want to remind you of is that different people are at different places on their journey if you have very strong feelings concerning this holiday i want to champion you for that great job no problem on that but understand you are in a room where not everybody shares your opinion And different people are at different places in their spiritual journey. And I just want to warn you, this is the Pharisee warning. It is not your job to get people where you are as if you have somehow arrived. You understand? All right. So in this conversation, our only job is to meet people where they are, believing God has someone right where he wants them when he wants wants them to be there and to walk alongside them in that journey. Do you see the difference on that? So those are two of the big things, and and I want to just read a verse real quick as we get started. I've got my handy-dandy questions here ready to go on that. But uh, as we get started in that, I want to go ahead and invite, if I could, Miss Kara Burke from Springs Forward. And as happens, she always brings her husband. So, Brian, you come too uh, on that, (laughs) if you could. And I'm just kidding. Uh, of course, guys, sit down wherever you want. Uh, the Burks and the Shanks have been friends for well over a decade uh, at this point, and Wellsprings of Freedom has been a big part of my life over the years, and it's now a big part of Radiant Life as well. But uh, I understood that this is these questions are things you deal with on a regular basis and answer on a regular basis. And what's interesting, you and I were talking about 10 months ago because right there in Moline, where you live, uh, they made national news, and I don't know if you remember that, but they had an after-school satan club uh that made national news and was a big deal and so not only do you answer these questions on a regular basis, you're living it in your community so welcome them one more time if you could on that uh the next up here in a minute i'm gonna have bob uh come up and uh my last reminder is this this question, we're not going to solve it today, so I just want you to know that. It's too big, it's too nuanced to solve this tension, this question today. But my hope is that at the end of the day, if you walk away maybe with a, a nugget uh, that you didn't have before, or maybe if you walk away thinking through, processing through, being challenged with someone, then we've accomplished what we wanted to accomplish today. But I want to remind us uh, of a great verse uh, that's in Matthew 15, 11. It says, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth. That's what defiles them. Think on that. It's not what goes in the mouth that defiles them. It's what comes out of our mouth. So let's be really good with our words today if we could. I'm also going to invite Pastor Ben and Pastor Bob. Come on up if you could. Welcome them if you could forward as well. While they're coming up, uh, we're going to get started fast and furious a little bit today because we got a lot of ground to cover. But I do want to say here in a little while at the end of our panel discussion time, we're going to talk through some questions that maybe you have concerning this topic. And uh, I want to go ahead and tell you that they're going to put the number up on the screen. We're going to be receiving texts. Uh, If you have a question and it's something you think you'd like the panel to maybe discuss, we can't promise we'll discuss every single one. But send it to us, if you could, at that text. We've got a team monitoring that. They're going to take some of the most common ones they see. And uh, here at the end, um, Pastor Ben's going to take us through the time of maybe trying to dive into those, if we could. So, uh, team, welcome. Wave to everybody. Say hi, because we don't have time for a lot more pleasantries than that, if we could. So, hi, right, let's dive in real quick. Uh, Simon Sinek is a consultant out there who, who I enjoy, and he has a, a really great statement. He says, the why drives the what and that. So basically the idea is you better define the why before you get to the what in anything you do. So let's start there. I think that's good advice. Why this conversation? Why are we talking about this tension? And why is this imp- conversation important? Who wants to start?
1: It's a really good question. And let me just say how much I appreciate your pastors. Can we just thank them? Uh, they're doing an amazing job here at Radiant Church. Yeah. In scripture, it uh, talks a lot about this idea of spiritual conflict, what we know as spiritual warfare. In fact, one of the most explicit passages in the New Testament is Ephesians chapter six, where the Apostle Paul writing to the believers in Ephesus says, "Hey, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood here, but against rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world and against these spiritual forces of evil that are in the heavenly realm. So stand firm. Three times it says, "Stand firm, stand firm. The battle is real. Paul is saying, and spiritual warfare, therefore, is a big part of our Christian discipleship. In other words, we as followers of Jesus need to be adequately equipped to address these spiritual conflicts in our lives. So that's why this topic is important, because a line can get crossed with things like witchcraft and and New Age practices, and we need to be alert and aware of the battle, not afraid, but aware of them, and that's why I think this is important.
2: I would say like, I think part of the reason this conversation seems to crop up every year, pop up is sort of, it represents a lot of things. It represents culture versus the church, right? It represents, oh, sorry, the history of Halloween versus, you know, what the scripture teaches on, uh, like you said, witchcraft and spiritual darkness. And so, and I also think, you know, part of the reason we even have to wrestle with it is because um, I think partially because how the church has um approached it in the past sometimes it is from like a, a fearful position which i get there's a there's a sense of cautiousness that we should approach these things with but at least for my generation i feel like there's so, there's sort of been like a heavy-handed sort of like you know don't touch it don't look at it don't you know sort of approach to it so i think that's why part of where maybe that tension is yep. is being felt where it's like okay but is it actually harming us that sort of thing knowing full well there are s- spiritual conflicts happening, spiritual warfare. So,
0: yeah. uh,
3: If you've ever uh, spent one-on-one time with me, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you ever spent one-on-one time with me, probably I have quoted something from Stephen Covey. I know last time I preached here, I'd always spew out some Covey. But the thing I like about what he has to say is he, he talks about paradigms. And paradigms are purposely stopping and, and thinking about the lens through which you see life and see different situations. And so in this topic, it's good to not just uh, go with it because we've always gone with it. Uh, Let's stop and take a look at why we do what we do or why we don't do what we do.
0: Amen.
4: Yeah, I think a lot of this really goes back to our identity as believers in Christ. So as followers of Christ, we are children of God, right? That is our identity. We are citizens of heaven. And so because of that, When we talk about ourselves, we are always called to be holy, set apart, but also sent into the world. Right? That's if you look at the New Testament, we see that over and over. So as Christians, I think we always are going to live in a place of tension. We should always be in that tension between being holy and being like God and being set apart, but also being sent out into the world, sharing with people, interacting with people. We're not supposed to retreat in, but go out. Um, And so I think we're always going to live in that tension
0: awesome all right so we've discussed the why a little bit let's shift to the what if we could for just a moment Uh, and and mainly I want to look at principles here for a minute before we get to the line I know everyone's like where's the line Uh, we'll get there in a minute so but I want to talk what are just some basic principles uh, that a Christian should keep in mind as they engage this tension or as they engage this culture or uh, this conversation excuse me uh, of the culture
3: well, and this will be not be my complete answer, so uh, the uh, rest of it will yeah. come when he asks the question down the road. So from my perspective, um, when God tells the Israelites that you're going to go into this new land, you're going to live a new life in this new place, but I need to caution you, he says in Deuteronomy, don't take on their customs. Don't act like them. Don't dress like them. Don't intermarry with them. Uh, don't inter- Just don't. Don't worship their gods because that will pull you away from him so my answer is not, uh, and we'll get there in a minute, my answer <laughs> is not forget Halloween altogether. It's just don't adopt their customs. There's a very clear line uh, for me. I see that scripture as a very clear, <coughs> clear line about what I should and should not be involved
1: with. I think. One of the principles in the New Testament that Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is this idea of everything is permissible for me. I can do anything I want, Paul says, but not everything is beneficial. Not everything is good for me. So I have a level of freedom in Christ to do what I feel like is good to do, but not everything is beneficial to me. And that's a great principle to operate on in our Christian lives. So one of the in, as leading a ministry like Wellsprings of Freedom International, a prayer ministry, a freedom ministry, a spiritual warfare type of ministry, we get asked these questions all the time. Brian, where's the line? Where's the line? And we try to teach more principles than actual practices. Uh, do this, don't do this. We actually prefer to teach the principles. And when you look at a passage in Deuteronomy like Bob just referenced where God is forbidding a sorcery and witchcraft and engaging in the practices of the nations around you, God, yes, wants his people to be separate and holy, but I often tell people, listen, God is not being mean. God is not being restrictive in any way, but that's what our culture thinks today. The commands of God given to us in scripture are kind of like the white picket fence that God builds around our lives for our own protection, for our spiritual protection. If we step outside of that fence, that's where danger lies. That's where the wolves are. We're to stay inside that sheep pen, inside where, where we're to be protected. So, yes, we have a level of freedom. I can do anything I want, but let's stay within the boundaries of God's commands. We're in a spiritually safe place. So that's one of the principles that that guides our lives and our ministries.
2: Yeah, that's good. I had the same thing when I was thinking about this was the Corinthians passage where, you know, the issue was that can we eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols or it's not? And Paul's point is sort of like, well, the idol has no power, uh, but it is a matter of conscience. If if your conscience is, is good with it, you know, don't become a stumbling block. I'll just read it. 1 Corinthians 8, uh, Paul writes, be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights, that's kind of like our freedoms or ability to choose, does not become a stumbling block to the weak. So we don't want to practice something that's going to like trip someone up, especially if they have been through um, darkness or, you know, interacted with the occult or that sort of thing. So I think that's a good principle. But 13, he says, therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to, to fall. And so I really think like Paul's whole thrust in point is like you have to maintain the unity of the church. There can't be any division among you. Lead with love, you know. Um, and yet in the same breath, yes, we do have liberty. But, you know, also in Second Corinthians 6, it says for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness, right? There's this very real sense of, Like, you don't get to blend spiritual darkness with spiritual light. It just doesn't work. So that's kind of the other, like, I don't know, guardrail, if you will. Yes, we have freedom, but also, like, don't blend darkness with light, you know? So. Yeah, it's great.
4: Yeah, from my perspective, just getting practical here because that's the way I am, um, I know personally when we – when I first started learning about spiritual warfare, I did not grow up in the church, so I had no idea that – this even existed, I didn't know that things that, like around (laughs) Halloween, I I didn't even know there was a controversy around Halloween, quite (laughs) honestly. (laughs) And so when I started growing in my faith and started learning, oh, there's a controversy about these things, so my eyes got opened a little tiny bit. And then I started to learn about spiritual warfare, my eyes got opened a little bit more. And then I started to learn um, about like how this affects me personally, and my eyes were opened a little bit more. Um, And then I realized that there were some, like, choices that I was making that I didn't realize were opening myself and my family up to spiritual harm. And, of course, then I wanted to avoid it, right? So, for me, just getting practical, the idea is that as the Lord brings you this truth, you want to step away from this, right? You want to walk away from it. And I think we have to give people space in that journey to realize that we all see things, like, our eyes are opened at different points, right? And... Um, and so it's been, for me, I know, a journey. In fact, one of the things that happened to me early on was somebody had mentioned to me, oh, I remember I was, uh, went to a VBS at a church. And they had, um, at this time, some of you will remember this, there was a whole big thing about back masking. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? back masking <laughs> where you look you're like I was in diapers <laughs> <and>. <laughs> you play the music backwards and it said oh, some bad yeah, word yeah. you know bad things <laughs> and I remember we went to this VBS and and like they had this whole big thing in that and I remember my parents said we're never going back to that church and so I was like a really reactionary thing and I think that's what can happen if we say this is the line like y- and make it all about rules and regulations as opposed to like you wanting the best for people around.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that was part of the rub. I, I think that's part of the controversy is that the church's messaging has been, like I said, heavy handed and it, it's kind of left out some of the nuance, yes. some of the like, all right, let's think this through what things actually are harmful, right? And that the Lord's revealed to stay away from. So I yeah, that's that was good.
0: I love it. I just interject. I mean, just a story about that, that line. I remember uh, we lived in another state and uh, there was a a guy that was in jail for six months because of repeated DUIs, DWIs that he had had, and he's in jail. And when he got out of jail, his family threw him a keg party. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it always struck me. I'm like, what in the world? It's like, are we teetotallers? Do we say that the Bible has a prohibition against alcohol? It doesn't uh, at that point. But do I think it's a good idea to throw him a keg party uh, when they come out of jail for that? That just gives you an example a little bit of don't cause your brother to stumble yeah. as the Bible. says. some just wisdom and discernment in that right on that so uh I- in that regards because another one of those tensions is you know you'll often hear you know, be in the world but not of the world uh is in there and before we go any further i do want to remind you there is that text available so if you have questions that come up uh text those in if you could only easy questions though only yeah yeah keep it keep it a dick and jane for ben all right uh, uh all right uh bob i'm gonna pick on you a little bit on this one uh if i could and um a few weeks ago, uh, you had a great sermon. Uh, but in that sermon, you were just mentioning some things. Hey, here's here's maybe some do's and don'ts uh, I recommend in life. And one of those things you mentioned was uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, uh, there were some folks. I, I did. I got a couple folks who were like, "Really? Is that true? Or is that right?" And uh, which I think is great when we can cause a question. But it uh, it leads to the ultimate question that we've kind of bu- been building up to on this. And that question is, "Where's the line?" What I mean is this, how do we determine whether or not we can engage a particular activity or a holiday? I mean, for instance, are Harry Potter movies bad at that point? How about Lord of the Rings? How about Hocus Pocus 2? <laughs> okay it was bad but not for this yeah. reason uh... Yeah. uh, but, uh, that's uh controversial <laughs> maybe man. maybe evil is the right word uh... On <laughs> so but, but i think ultimately that's what you know we're always practical people so now we're there where is the line between in the world of the world engaging halloween not engaging halloween or any other related activity So,
3: well i will uh... answer the question about um Dungeons and Dragons, it will not surprise you. I've not played one second of Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons in my life. Uh, however, um, I have been with Teen Challenge for 27 years, and I've talked to a lot of guys and women over those uh, years who have played that, have been just casual players, some have been very deeply involved in it, and uh, no one's ever told me they became a Wiccan or whatever, went off the rails in their life because of that, but, What I've heard across the board for 27 years is uh, several things. Um, uh, I wish I hadn't spent so much time in that, in fantasy in in particular. I wish I would have devoted more of my time to productive things and not in fantasy. Uh, I wish I hadn't exposed myself, my eyes, uh, my ears to the dark images uh, because it desensitized me to some other dark things that I got introduced to later on. And uh, so over and over, I hear those kinds of things. And so um, when I say that uh, Dungeons and Dragons is a good thing to, to avoid, um, I don't know anything about the game itself, but I just know what people who do know the game have told me, and that is that if they could go back and erase all that, they would gladly do so.
2: Hmm. All right. I'm going to speak to this, Bob. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: This would be one of the two. Cause <laughs> <laughs> cause anyone who co- goes after
2: my precious Lord of the Rings, you're, it's just not going to work. Okay. Uh, no, this this is good. And no, that's true. But he said Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> Did I? Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. No, D and D. That's a good. It's a good question, and I, I agree with the premise, of course, and all of that. Um, I do think like there is. A sp- I mean, you guys could speak to this. There is like a, a mm, spiritual attack of fantasy and like. Which blends with like escapism, not wanting to be in your current reality. And that's real. You know, and that can be in any form. Could be gaming or, you know, getting drunk or whatever it is, anything to escape your current reality, anything that prevents you from fulfilling God's calling, you know. Um, But I'll say like. When it comes to fantasy, like Lord of the Rings, for instance, I would say there's no greater work of fiction that has more redemptive value than Lord of the Rings and Tolkien. I, just, just personal opinion. That's not from the Bible or anything like that. Maybe <laughs> it is. I need to keep looking, but no. Um, <laughs> it, uh, because it's just, man, I see Christ in that. I see God's story. I see good conquering evil. So I, I wouldn't say that like fantasy work is the problem. And even, even when it comes to like magic, you mentioned Harry Potter, like. I don't know that we'd look at Cinderella's fairy godmother and be like, oh, she said Bibbity bobbidi boo that holds spiritual power, <laughs> therefore, like, hard pass. But, you know, and I grew up with Harry Potter, so I read every book, watched every movie. I loved it, right? Um, but my parents were very clear, like, hey, this is like, well, I'm, I might get in trouble, but that's like fake witchcraft, but there is real, real witchcraft hmm. out there. Like, that's like pretend, but do not dabble in the real stuff. And so for me that, at least in my, you know, I grew up in a Christian house. For me, that line was always very clear. And so for me, it was never that I know of a problem. Um, so I was, I mean, for a long time, I'd be like, I don't see the harm in it. Um, I will say though, I might be changing my tune a little bit on that <laughs> as I grow, um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll hold that up.
1: I always say go back to scripture number one if you're not sure about something go back to the word of god use that as, as your true north on a compass That's That's right. god's word is your true north that will teach us the ways we should go the psalmist writes. so a couple of principles and then i'll share a story paul uh, in ephesians chapter five says you are no longer darkness but now you are light, light in the lord live as children of light Then in Romans, he says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but put on the armor of light. So we're actually supposed to separate ourselves coming out of darkness into light. We're not to have anything to do with spiritual darkness. So anything that reeks of darkness or smells of darkness, we're not supposed to touch. It's another really good guiding principle when you're trying to exercise discernment in your decision making as a Christian. Now, to give you an example of the dark side of spirituality, uh, in our ministry, we lead these three-hour freedom sessions where individuals come in and we bring healing to some of their deepest wounds and pain that they've experienced in life. And we also begin to pray against that heavy spiritual oppression uh, that comes along with a lot of hurt and pain in life. And so I was ministering to a 48-year-old man a number of years ago who had a fairly rebellious uh, life in his teenage years before coming to Christ. And it included some practices of witchcraft. And so the man came in, he told me a little bit about his background. We have those on our Wellsprings teams that operate in a gift of discerning spirits. One of the many spiritual gifts that's mentioned in the New Testament. And as we were praying and worshiping with this 48 year old man, we saw a vision of him wrapped, consumed in spiritual darkness, couldn't see the light, completely bound up in darkness. And we began to discern spirits of witchcraft, spirits of the occult, spirits of deception, darkness that were attacking this individual. And so I just felt very prompted in my spirit to ask him, hey, when you were younger, did you ever dabble with a Ouija board or play any occult type games? And he actually said, yeah, I did. We were at a party at my friend's house in the senior year of high school. His parents had gone. He had 50 people over his house. We all started drinking late at night. Things got out of control and we wanted to get home. It was about midnight, and my, my friend said, hey guys, before you go, there's one more thing I want to do. He went to his bedroom. He brought out a Ouija board right into the middle of the living room. And his friend summoned a spirit, to, and it physically appeared in the living room and traumatized everybody there. And this 48-year-old man sitting across from me started crying. It was so traumatic for him. He lived in fear ever since. He never wanted to see another demon in his life that's an open door to the demonic. See how they dabbled and engaged in a occult type of practice, which then allowed that spirit to appear, and it terrified them. And this man needed to be set free from a spirit of fear, from fear that had consumed him for the last 30 years of his life. That's when the line gets crossed, and that's when the door gets open to the demonic in our lives. And that's why we need to live as children of not light, not children of the darkness. Mm.
4: Yeah, a question for you, Ben. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I'm ready. I think. So we're talking about Harry Potter. Yeah. Will you teach? Will you have your kids read Harry Potter? Oh
2: goodness, (laughs) what a question. Um, I don't know. throwing you under the bus, man. I know. That's (laughs) so (laughs) hard. Uh, Because, yeah, I will. I mean, I will say there are already there are shows that like we're not gonna let Jane watch just because it's like funky and weird and it's like, eh, that feels off. Um, uh, that's a good question. Like, would I read it? with her, to her? I don't know. That's hard. I don't have an answer for that yet. I don't know. Yeah. I. Man, you are putting me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm yeah. stumbling over my words. I know I am. <laughs> well, let me ask a different yeah, question while I
0: ask yeah. Kara, so yeah, you're yeah, welcome.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the Hobbit, yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to read The Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: I, I think a point of clarification here. Um, did Satan create magic? Hmm. Hmm.
4: Satan has no power to create. That's right. God has only power to create. Satan has pow- power to pervert. Right, right. And so I think a lot of these things that we're talking about, this is God. This is, I mean, Satan's perversion of things in the world, right? God has all power. And we see, like, you could say the creation story was magic, God creating, right? right. That, like, If you watch a movie about creation, that's kind of what it's like. But the truth is that Satan can only pervert. He has no power to create, right? He is limited, he is a finite being, right? If anything, if we're gonna talk about equals, Satan's equal to like the Archangel Michael, but he's not, he's not equal to God. God alone is, holds all power and authority. So I think that he has no power to do those
0: things. He doesn't. Yeah. And that shows us another tension, by the way. He, Satan doesn't have the ability to create. But when we talk about magic, I mean, what's the difference between magic and a miracle sometimes? Mm-hmm. Uh, when we call it, it's a matter of words mm-hmm. at that point in scripture. And it, it is to remind you that magic in and of itself isn't bad. Mm-hmm. It's just, has it been perverted for Satan's purposes? Or is it used for divine mm-hmm. purposes? Another tension.
2: Uh, on that. Yeah. And, and I say, I say all that to say like it is scripturally clear not to mess around with witchcraft, the occult, necromancy, horoscope, sorcery. Um, when we're talking about freedom in Galatians, do not indulge the flesh. It says, and then it lists witchcraft in there in the new Testament. It's like, don't do witch. So I say all that to say, like there is spiritual power out there. Um, you know, Act 16. There was once um, a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future, and she earned a great deal of money for that, being a fortune teller. So it's like I, full recognition that yeah, that that's like you're tapping into something, mm-hmm. um, a spiritual power that is not good. And so yeah, that's where I'm like on the fence, where I'm like yeah, I'm maybe changing my tune a little bit <laughs> as I <laughs> just yeah, but it's attention, it's yeah. attention.
0: Welcome, Ben. You'll change your views on dating and everything else no, as I get older, don't older don't too, too. Don't uh, go there. <laughs> I don't need, to <laughs> don't need to think about that yet. Funny how you get older <laughs> and how has changed over time yeah. uh, on that. So let me dive into the next one. It's kind of a little bit of a change of direction, too. Uh, recent studies and news reports indicate uh, there's just been a, a boom, really, in the last few years between New Age beliefs, the occult, witchcraft, magic uh, in this sense, and... Uh, for instance, there's been more than 31 billion views on witch talk, on that, which I'm not familiar with. Uh, but the numbers of Americans who identify with Wicca or paganism has risen from 134,000 in 2001 to nearly 2 million today. It's been a huge increase over the last 20 years. So let me ask you guys, why do you think there's such a newfound interest uh,
1: in this? And um, do these numbers alarm you in any way? Yeah. I think innate inside all of us as human beings, is this desire to connect with the supernatural, to connect, ultimately search for and connect with God. Uh, And so there very much is this desire that there's something larger than us out there that's controlling the universe. And there's a lot of people, quite honestly, who are looking for a level of power and control over their lives, over their future, over their destiny. And they're searching for this power outside the walls of the church. And that number is, in growing, is growing and hence the increase in witchcraft and Wicca and all these other witchcraft occult type practices. I go back to Ecclesiastes chapter three, the author of Ecclesiastes says that God has set eternity in our hearts. And yet we as human beings cannot fathom, we cannot understand what God has done. And so we're blinded, we're, we're deceived, we're in this broken, fallen world, we're living under this cloud, this spiritual deception. We're looking for God, searching, but we're searching for him in all the wrong places. Hence the desire and the increase in witchcraft. Uh, but that only leads us further into spiritual darkness, not closer to the light. And that's a big concern that I have. This month in particular, October, if you're familiar with the Salem Witches in Salem, Massachusetts, it's one of the centers for witchcraft in the United States all month long. You can look online, you can do a Google search. There are events almost daily in Salem leading up to Halloween, which is peak season for witchcraft in our nation. Pagan festivals, uh, occult-type rituals, uh, all that's very real, and this is sort of peak month uh, as we sit here, so it's a good conversation to have right now.
2: Yep. Hmm. Anybody else? Yeah, I, I'll also say, first of all, I'm not speaking to anyone in particular who'd maybe be dabbling in, like, you know, witchcraft or the occult, even just for mildly or full-on, but there is something that um, there's sort of this like self-empowering uniqueness about um, about witchcraft and and you know fu- tapping into your own supernatural power that I think is uh, very appealing to our current cultural moment. It's all about you know our culture screams be unique, be special. You don't have to have any sort of authoritarian like restrictions over you. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. You can be your own sorts of power, strength. You can conjure up. And so I think it, like, fits, just practically speaking, fits really well with our cultural messaging and our cultural moment.
0: Cool. Anybody else on that? Nope. Well, this is going to be a good point uh, to just maybe take a break. We're going to take a a couple-minute break, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. Uh, I might be leaving our panel at this point to go to Ankeny ahead of y'all, if we could. And so I'm going to ask Ben, uh, maybe we come back together to tackle one more question, and my question to you on that be uh, how do you have a conversation with somebody maybe who's starting to play around with the supernatural or or Ouija or any of these things uh, who has curiosity towards Wiccan or something like that how do we as Christians engage a loving conversation with them maybe if we tackle that on the way and then maybe a couple of questions from the text if we could so uh, if we can uh, Maddie can I hand it over to you at this point
2: give it up for Maddie yeah.
5: Are you guys enjoying this this morning? Good. Jason, get out of here. will okay. see you later. <laughs> love him. Give it up for Jason. There we go. Jason. Now we love him. We're looking forward to uh, gathering in a minute, and I was excited about the intermission. They said keep it light, so I have a whole stand-up routine that I've been practicing all week. Um, You didn't even think that was funny, and that was a joke. That's okay. No, I just got a couple announcements coming your way. First and foremost, we have some really cute guests in the lobby that have been waiting to show us their outfits. Will you guys give it up for Radiant Kids this morning? They wanted to show you their costumes. Come on. You can do better than that. Give it up for them this morning. There they are. They wanted to show you their costumes today. You guys look so good. There we go. Oh my goodness. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Oh my, and Spider-Man 2 and Ariel. Oh my, give it up for our kids. Come on, keep it up, keep it up. You guys look awesome. Look how good you look. Oh, I love it. Well, give it up for them as they make their way out. They wanted to come show you their costumes today, and we'll see you guys later. And we'll see you at Trunk or Treat, yeah? Ready to get some candy? Woo! You guys can head back out that way, just down the aisle. Looking good. Man, these costumes blow mine out of the water. But I am excited to show you guys my costume after church, too. See you later. The tiniest steps. And read. <laughs> I like that one particularly. That's really good. Uh, so when we go into that music back down, I just got a couple announcements coming for you guys really quickly, and then we will hop back in. See you later, Rhett. Bye, buddy. I'll see you later. Oh, my goodness. I love it. couple announcements coming your way. Hey, we got some things to celebrate. First up, make some noise if you've enjoyed partnership in this past season. Yeah? You guys enjoying that? Cool. We have officially had 50 people complete that class. Isn't that awesome? Yes. That is so cool. We've had 50 people complete that class, and we're going to take a little break through the holidays and start it up again after Christmas. And so, after the new year and so if you guys would like to join partnership if you've been waiting uh, for the right time or maybe your schedule didn't work out let us know we're gonna be starting that class up again after the new year and those fill up very quickly okay If you're newer here, you're a guest here, and you're wondering what partnership is, it's similar to membership, okay, and uh, except for it has a little more teeth to it, okay, it's a six-week long class, and you get to take it with Pastor Jason, and uh, you get to ask him questions, and he gets to ask you questions, and it's a really good time, but those classes fill up quick, so if you are interested in the next partnership class, Mark that on your Connect card, which is in the seat pocket in front of you, and you can drop it in the black bucket or you can give it to us and we'll get you signed up, okay? Next thing we got coming up, we got some pictures to show. Who had fun at fall celebration last week? That was a good time. It was like 80 degrees and it didn't really feel like fall weather, but you guys made it fun. And we had a blast out there at the fire pit and the hay rack ride, and we lived our best fall life. And it was a really good time. So thank you for coming out. Thank you for hanging out with us. It was a blast. And the last thing I got coming up for you is we have our trunk or treat right after service today. And so if you have kids or if you have grandkids or friends that you brought for that, we're going to give our people about 30 minutes to get set up. And we're going to have the bounce house set up, and they're going to have the play place so your kids will be entertained for that 30 minutes, okay? Then we're going to go out to the side here, and that's where the trunks will be set up. There will be a sign that says, start here, and your kids can make their way around. I encourage you, if you don't have a trunk or if you didn't dress up, stay and hang out anyway. We would love the company. It's going to be a good time. We'll be laughing at each other's costumes. We'll be eating candy. It's going to be a blast. So I encourage you guys to hang out. And that is all the announcements that I have today. I know you guys don't like to hear me talk a lot. So uh, we're going to welcome uh, Ben and Bob and Jason and Kara back up. And, J- again, Jason uh, Shanks headed out to Ankeny to get that panel started. And we're going to finish strong. Yeah? Good? Good. You
2: all right. Thank you. Thank you guys for uh, sending in your questions, too, by the way. We have a couple good ones. So uh, we're going to move fast and furious, probably one to two more questions because we got a bolt by. 1024 our schedule says specifically not 1025 1024 so um thank you guys yeah so jason um before he left asked how would we engage with someone who is like dabbling or you know doing it for, i don't know the aesthetic or do it dabbling in the occult or witchcraft or that sort of thing and then i want to pair this with one of the questions you guys had um which just says please address going into spiritually dark places as missionaries so for instance Places where yeah, you just know stuff's going on could be you've heard stories about Haiti or uh, adult entertainment clubs or homes with maybe where there is like a actual possession. So I would love to hear you guys speak to that. Just how do we engage?
1: Um, if you know us, we've uh, spoken a couple of times here at Radian over the last two years, uh, my wife and I were missionaries in the country of Russia for 12 years doing the work of evangelism, church playing. So we very much lived in a very spiritually dark, oppressed country, and we've traveled internationally extensively as well. Uh, you mentioned Haiti, Ben. Uh, we were doing a training conference for 70 Haitian uh, church leaders and pastors. Many of you are familiar. If you've been on a mission trip to Haiti, it's a, a country of voodoo, where the voodoo religion is very strong. Uh, many of the pastors in training were coming out of families whose fathers or mothers were voodoo priests or priestesses. Uh, It was very real in the country. One of the young men who was in our Wellsprings training uh, shared with me privately how he had been dedicated to voodoo in a ceremony where he was forced to drink human blood at 18 years old and was literally dedicated to voodoo. And his whole life, he was tormented, he couldn't sleep at night, he had insomnia, he was just kind of tormented by demons throughout his life. And so this stuff is very, very real. It's not meant to scare people, it's just meant to raise the level of awareness So I think, Ben, when we're engaging people uh, who maybe didn't grow up in the church, like Kara, for instance, we want to uh, point them back to Scripture. Scripture and stories would be my two answers. Show them what God's Word teaches, the truth from Scripture, and then share these real-life stories of people who have dabbled, who have been involved, and the spiritual consequences that were very negative that it caused and the harm that it caused in their lives. So those two things tend to be really effective.
3: Yeah. uh, I had a – many years ago, I had a – I guess burden is the only word I can think of. I started to pray for a particular thing that I had this idea for a ministry reaching a portion of uh, America that is particularly dark. And uh, I really started to pray over that. And I thought, man, God's maybe calling me to do this. I got on the Internet and I looked around. I didn't see any ministries like this. Um, but I just kept praying. And then, I found a ministry that was ministering to this, this group of people. And honestly, when I saw that, it was such a relief, because the point is, I wasn't the guy to do it. Uh, Somebody else was called to do it. And so uh, I would say, um, if you have an unction to minister somewhere where it's particularly dark, make sure you're the one called to do it. Um, Because it was a good idea, but I wasn't the one to do it. Uh, And then, if I don't say this next thing, I'll be in trouble with Carol. Uh, there's a Wellsprings orientation tomorrow night, right, at yes. 6.30. 6.30 yep. right here. You can uh, sign up online. You can contact Carol, Ben, me, somebody. So I'm off the hook with that. Uh, I, w- I want to also say, lem- let me finish my answer from earlier because I said Deuteronomy 7 says, black and white, do not do these things or you become like them. Now, street level where you and I live that out, uh, and this is for Bob. This is, if this is for you, cool. This is for Bob. Uh, and Brian already kind of references, Romans says you know uh, there are people in their walk who are a little weaker in their walk, a little younger in their walk. Some people are a little farther along, a little stronger in their walk. Each person should be convinced in their own mind. So the way I walk out Deuteronomy 7 uh, is probably different, for sure is different now than the way I used to, and it's probably different from the way that you do or the way that you will in the future And uh, Psalm 118 says, I run in the path of your command, for you've set my heart free. There are boundaries, but within that, I get to run free.
4: Just real quickly, I think that when we talk about um, even addressing this in our own lives, if we're involved in things, the question is, why? Why am I doing those things? Um, Because I think for a lot of us, we dabble in those things because either we're seeking acceptance, we're seeking answers. We're wanting um, something that we're not finding, and I think instead of going to God with those things, we try to find the answers in other things, and so I think for us as individuals, but also for people that we're working with or who are talking about should I do these things or should I not do these things, the question isn't what you're doing, it's why you're doing what you're doing, and Um, I think for any of us, like if we're doing things that are leading us away from God, we need to ask ourselves those questions. Like, why am I even doing this? Like, is it even beneficial? And and why would I want to do something like that? And what do I need to talk to God about? He's our heavenly father who's always open to us. We are his children and he wants to hear. So, um, you know, going to him with those things instead of trying to run to other things for the answer.
3: Yeah. God's word says to test the spirits to see if they're from God and um one of my favorite authors is a guy by the name of watchman knee and he says if you want to know if a thing is right or wrong just look at it to the first or second degree and the principle is if it's wrong at the first degree it's going to be way off at the hundredth degree and so if i look at a particular activity or a thought or a motivation um and i just take the time to extend that out c- extrapolate that to the hundredth degree that will probably be a clue about whether i Uh, should partake in something or not. And I used the word penne a few weeks ago in a message. Penne is face-to-face intimacy with God. When somebody asks me or when I'm talking to somebody about some activities or thoughts they should be involved in or not involved in, I always use the example of penne, face-to-face, of a man and a wife standing at the altar, and nobody at the wedding is wondering, so how long is it going to be before one of them cheats on the other? That doesn't even, that's not even a consideration there. So, When I think about a thing to be involved in for me personally, how is it going to affect my face to face relationship with God? Because uh, I know what it's like to live, and you know what it's like to live with that interrupted or non existent, and we don't want to live like that anymore.
2: That's That's good. Yeah, so many good thoughts, guys. And man, we could go through a whole list of questions on that. And I would just, I would agree with everything that was mentioned. Is it really beneficial? You know, is it, and to your point, how is this being played out to the nth degree, right? So I mentioned, part of the reason I'm perhaps <laughs> changing my tune on literature and things like that is because, man, we are literally seeing like an exponential rise in witchcraft, the occult, and people who are claiming just wicked and pagan. So for me, I'm like, if, again, if like fiction literature is contributing to that in some way, there's a, there's a piece of me I have to wrestle with that says like, but is it beneficial, you know? It was like when you flesh that out to the nth degree like what is the after effects 10 20 in this case what 30 25 30 years down the road um man we could talk so much thank you guys for your questions thanks for like participating in the conversation with us and uh, i'm gonna invite uh pastor maddie back up uh as we conclude here but just want to thank you for engaging the conversation like we said we we may not always land exactly at the same place uh, together but it's been good yeah give it up for these guys as they head <laughs> head on down thank you so much we're heading up to Ankeny so pray for us there thank you guys
5: cool did you guys enjoy that conversation today yeah that was good stuff let's give it up for them just one more time as they make their drive safe guys <laughs> love you I'm gonna take a seat because I can um, no, I was a good conversation. I was thankful to have that uh, just together as a body this morning. We we knew that uh, our service was going to fall like right on Halloween, and we said we should har we should harness that energy. And uh, we know that there's a lot of varying opinions out there on how to celebrate, how to go about things, how to dive into things, how not to. I was even having a text conversation with someone in the past couple weeks of should I do this, shouldn't I do this and uh, it's good conversation, and I encourage you to keep having it. I encourage you, if you are interested at all uh, in Wellsprings, if you are interested in a freedom session, please let us know. I've had a freedom session. Everyone on staff has had freedom sessions, and uh, they're just super, super beneficial. It is such a gentle, loving time of prayer, and uh, I really, really encourage it, and so We are going to head back into worship this morning, and uh, before we do that, uh, just thank you for being here this morning. Again, thanks for joining in that conversation with us. I know sometimes these topics can be uncomfortable, and these uh, topics can be a little bit dicey, right? But as Ephesians 6.12 says, our, our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against those dark powers, and so we do need to talk about these things. And I can't think of a better way to have wrapped up our Live No Lies series. And thank you for going on that journey with us. We're starting an evangelism series next week, and I'm excited to dive into that with you as well.